Blog Talk Radio. Greetings and welcome, my friends, to tonight's Relax, Let Go, and Be With Charles, Charles Show. Tonight we have a very special guest, beautiful mind, body, spirit, soul, and practitioner, and human, Tracy Arkandizi joins us tonight, my friends. Get ready for some beautiful relaxation. Let's let the music play us in. Welcome, 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 my friends, to tonight's Relax, Let Go, and Be With Charles show. We're live with you Wednesday, October 12th. And if you are listening to the show live tonight through that blog talk link that we share, then if you go down to the bottom of that episode's page description, you'll see a little spot there that says Launch Chat. And you can join us tonight live in the chat room. We have our chat room open. Also, tonight, if you'd like to call in and ask any questions, Tracy or myself during the show, we are going to have a time where we'll take questions from people that like to call in. So if you are listening live, and these the chat room and the call-in, my friends, are only if you're listening live. If you're listening later, they won't work. But that's okay, too. We enjoy all of our listeners. We know many of you listen to this when it's a good time for you to sit back and relax and be in that space. But if you are listening live, you can call in to 646-716-8069, 646-716-8069. And the number is also right there with the show's description on Blog Talk, my friends. And tonight we're going to have a special guest. that She's been on once before with her partner talking about their amazing love story and, and connection mind, body, spirit with each other, and I've known her for a number of years, and I'm excited to bring her on and talk about all the changes in her mission to provide healing 
and love to everybody who needs it. And what a beautiful mission that is. She also knows and it turns out has been inspired by the beautiful Elizabeth Afreas, whose music you hear on the show. And I'll just mention that right away, too, is that right in the show's description, there's a link to the website heartsoundsbyelizabeth.com. And you can listen to Elizabeth's beautiful music. Albums of her music are there for you to listen to, relax to, have a beautiful meditation with. And you can listen to them anytime that you'd like. There's also a place where you can purchase some music. And there's also a place there where you can just make a little donation and say thank you, Elizabeth, for, for providing this music for us in such a beautiful and open fashion. Uh, Elizabeth is also now on some of the streaming apps out there. So if you look up Elizabeth Afreas and her name's right there in the show's description, so you can copy and paste it. She is, you might, you will find her music on more of the live streaming apps as well. So that's beautiful and wonderful. And of course that's all included in what you're already paying for that streaming service. So she's putting her beautiful relaxation, mind, body, spirit, harps, beautiful music. And our guest tonight is going to share some beautiful sounds. And we'll talk a little bit about sound healing. Before we jump into tonight, let you know that just last Sunday, just a couple days ago, on the 9th, we had a very special Sunday night spiritual night. It was on the same night as a, the harvest full moon. And it was it was my journey with the Christ consciousness. And we had a very special spiritual guided meditation where I channeled that Christ consciousness, mind, body, and spirit, soul to soul. If you haven't had a chance to hear that, beautiful meditation and spiritual experience. Please, when it's a good time, look back on that. Wanna, also, we're going to be promoing it all month long. On Monday the 31st, my friends, on Halloween night, we are going to have a gathering of some friends, some spiritual friends around a, a fire, a spiritual fire, and we're going to have our show will open with that group of friends and family, mind, body, spirit, friends and family, sharing some healing and some love and some inspiration from around that fire together. We'll be live from the uh, around the Halloween spiritual fire. I'm very excited about that. Then we'll have a special studio produced guided meditation spiritual experience for us all to join worldwide in our own spiritual fire, uh, own spiritual fire of cleansing, healing, and inspiring love. So look forward to that coming on the 31st. This last Wednesday on the 5th, we had a very special Yom Kippur prayer and meditation. Well, and whether you're Jewish or not, my friends, it's good to learn a little bit about those other traditions. And Yom Kippur is one of their holiest days, the day of fasting and meditation and prayer, reflection and forgiveness. We had a very special guided prayer meditation for your own reflection, forgiveness and inspiration. And then last Monday, it's Wednesday now, yeah, last Monday we had a very special show. I've received a lot of feedback from people about it, who've enjoyed it and who are sharing it. It was a special show called Saving Our World Together. So we've had a lot of things happening on the Relax, Let Go and Be With Charles show. And tonight, my friends, is no exception. And this this guest that I'm going to bring on, I have known her. We met during the early days, well, early days for me. I think she'd already been involved to a point, but during the early ways of the Inland Northwest AIDS Coalition, she also was a volunteer and then, I believe, a staff member for the Spokane AIDS Network. And we met and we did work together of facilitating and helping uh, serve with, with many others at a retreat, especially for those that were infected and affected 
by HIV and AIDS. And I have watched her grow and blossom in her mission to bring healing and relaxation and love to all those who need it. And she's just a beautiful person. And I've seen her become a massage therapist for a number of years and do a lot of good work for people there. And always had a mind, body, and spirit feel to her life and her mission. And so it's no surprise that she's become a Reiki master and is also a sound healer. And we're going to talk about what all those things mean and what they all are. And in addition to you being able to call in tonight and ask questions, Tracy, in the show's description, also has her email where you can email her if you have questions, if you'd like some more information, if you want to do private sessions, which she offers in person, if you're here in the in the Northwest. And if not, and she offers those same sort of sessions by phone. So you can contact her at that email address, and it's tdizzy64 at gmail.com. So if you're listening to the show later and you think, gosh, I wish I was listening live because I've got a question for Tracy, you can send your question in to Tracy, and you can also, like I said, get information about the different types of session and works that she does and have some private in-person time doing some Reiki or some sound healing. Uh, and if you're in the local area, uh, some massage as well. Although we'll talk about that. She's had a little bit of an injury, so the massage part isn't going to happen for a month or two while her wrist is healing. But there's all that information. And I'm before I go much further, I'm just going to bring Tracy on. And so, Tracy, welcome to the show. Hello, Charles. And how are you tonight? We're both in the inland northwest, Spokane area, enjoying a kind of hazy sunset tonight. Yeah, it's, a, it's still very nice, though. It's really unseasonably warm for this time of the year. We shouldn't be having these kind of temperatures. It should be cooler. Yes, I, I saw that we are. We could break a record. Our average, and for those that aren't don't live in our area, we have gone. We already had a really hot summer, and we have had 12 days in a row so far here in October. All our temperatures have been above 70. It looks to be continuing that way through next week, and we'll set a record for the most seven days. We usually have four on average. We've had 12. And we're just a few days away from setting the all-time record of seven-degree temps, which, like you said, is nice. Also not getting much rain, but, <laughs> but it's, uh, we'll enjoy it while we've got it. Soon enough, we'll have snow with that. So, so let's talk a little bit, Tracy. So for you, we I met you, I think, when, when we were both working as volunteers and bringing our, our talents and our uh, time and, and intention into helping those with HIV and AIDS, and you were working with or volunteering with at that point the Spokane AIDS Network, I believe, correct? I was a staff member at that point, yeah. You were a staff member, yeah, okay. I knew that you'd volunteered and yeah. then become a, a member of fully on staff. Um, correct. And for you, what led you on your mission? Like, how did you even find out about Spokane AIDS Network and helping in that community? What led to your being a part of all that? Well, it's quite the journey. <laughs> I'll, I'll try to make it uh, more condensed because I can tend to be a little windy. Um, yeah, as windy as you so, want, Tracy. 
We got time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, that that might be a dangerous thing. <laughs> anyway, okay. So, um, I've always had this feeling of wanting to help others, which is one of the eight signs of being a healer. And um, at one point in time, I thought I wanted to be a nurse. And so I decided to become a, a nurse's aide, a, a registered nurse's aide. And uh, so during that time, I was working for three different entities, and one of which uh, was um, inland nurse providers that later changed into Western Medical Services. And in 92, which is the year that I became a nurse's aide, I got my first HIV AIDS patient. And back then, there was no HIV, or there was, it was only AIDS. And uh, the person I was assigned to, uh, her first name was Lisa, and she's uh, Iroquois part Iroquois, and so her family uh, welcomed me into that, and she was at that point where in our history of HIV and AIDS, they were coming out with experimental drugs. Um, they were pretty much getting people off of AZT and doing these different cocktails, and don't ask me what those cocktails are, because I don't remember. I don't try to keep track of that part, but She taught me a lot about humility and pride and being okay with her diagnosis of having AIDS and having children and being a sister and an aunt and a mother and a daughter within that journey and how well she handled herself and the spirit that she had that she laughed and how tightly she held on to what she had available to her and not worrying about what she didn't have, that I wanted to continue to work with that particular population. And I ended up working with about uh, three to four other HIV AIDS patients before I quit becoming a nurse's aide. And then I, during that time, I decided... You know, just about at the end of becoming a, a nurse's aide, that I wanted to volunteer for the Spokane AIDS Network, and at which I um, helped man the front desk, letting the receptionist do the things that she needed to do away from the desk once a week, sometimes twice a week, depending on what the other volunteers were doing with their week and then became uh, the administrative assistant for Spokane Network. So that's how I kind of started my journey there. And then that led to the Spokane Networkers, where you ended up finding about the In the Northwest AIDS Coalition. I know. Through you. <laughs> through you. Oh, was it through at me? At the Way in the Woods <laughs> retreat, yeah. Because <laughs> you were the president at that time for, that, <laughs> for them. Okay. That's right, and um, and I did facilitating group like group facilitation for a couple of years, spiritual facilitation, and then one year retreat coordinator. And so so then I it's, it's interesting because it was, and I know you know the names, but it was Dale Bloom and Helen Bonzer that reached out to me, 
And so it's funny that a couple of years later, I'm reaching out to you. And then, hey, right. on this retreat. <laughs> Um, and and then that led to, of course, for all of us, you know, we, it, everybody that came gave a week of their time and a week of their talents and their all that they could give in a love, mind, body, spirit way to bring love and peace and and inspiration to these beautiful individuals. But I think. You know, Elizabeth, as I have talked about it, because, of course, she was one of the founders of INAC. Uh, I always felt like I walked away getting as much or more than I gave. It was just such an experience to know those people like you were describing with the, the very first person you knew. It, it, it became really quite a, a, re, a relationship of a flow of love, a flow of inspiration. And we learned so much from them and the way that they worked through that disease and the way they were treated at the time, especially. I think, it, I, I think it's gotten a little better now, especially for, the, for, of course, at that time, it was, they were very shunned by their communities and often their families. And, Where that time was. And That's correct. For you, <laughs> and for you, that led to more because you started off working at San and doing things there. And then what inspired you to become a massage therapist? Oh, golly. That dates clear back to when I was 13. It was uh, my birthday and I was having a samba party with uh, several girls. And um, one of the girls who was at my birthday party this Ivy said something, not expecting a darn thing from her comment about how nice a back rub would feel. And all the other girls said, yeah, that sounds really, really good. And we were already in our pajamas and had our sleeping bags on my parents' rec room floor. And so I started with one girl working through their pajama top and giving them a back rub and went through each one of the girls. And I believe, if I remember correctly, and I have a pretty good memory, that uh, they all give me a massage when I was done. They said, it's no fair on your birthday <laughs> right. to give us all of a massage if we don't get one back. Right. And then I have a cousin that used to live in the South Seattle area who's since moved up on the Olympic Peninsula, but she was pretty well endowed. And she um, suffered from great headaches, caused by tension from her neck and shoulder and upper back area from being so big. Yeah. And many people so do, right? Have, yeah. Right, exactly. That that's pretty normal based upon the where the muscles are and what they're pulling on and yanking on. That's very, very common. And so I would work on her neck, shoulders and the upper back area and she would call me magic fingers or magic hands, depending on when it was that we've seen each other you know, for a visit, and uh, and I was able to get rid of her headaches for her. Well, eventually, she got 13 pounds of the girls removed, as I call it, and she's still big. So I, I can't then imagine um, what that might have been from her because I cannot, I have, I have not mastered being able to feel other people's pain. I can see it in their face. Right. But I can't actually feel their emotions, but I can see it 
to the how they walk, their talk, and then their facial expressions. That says right. volumes, but those actual emotions of inside, I just, I'm not able to pick up on those just yet. We all have the capability to do so, but um, I, I'm not there yet. But let's. So when I graduated from high school, we didn't have any schools in Spokane to be a massage therapist at that time because that was the early 80s. And I didn't rightly think about it because my dad was pushing me to be a teacher. And so I went through school and was taking classes to become a teacher and decided, no, I don't want to do that. I think that's a great profession, but that's not my calling. And I thought, well, I love to cook. And I've always been cooking since I was, like, really little, pretending to be, like, Jill Childs or the Galloping Gourmet and having my own TV show to show all the people at home how to make chocolate chip cookies or whatever it is, you know, that I was making that was simple for a kid to do. And so I talked my parents in to allow me to go through culinary arts here in town at Spokane Community College in their culinary arts department. And from there, I started working at some of the different restaurants in in Spokane. While I was going to school, I worked at um, Milford's Irish Street House that was on the corner of uh, Broadway and Monroe. And I worked there for a few years. And then while I worked there, um, I also worked for Desserts by Sarah for one little short period in time during the Easter Mother's Day season in order to help her get caught up and stay on track with all her orders because what she does is she makes all these wonderful chocolate desserts and and she does other ones too, but chocolate is her. And wow. she delivers them to different restaurants that call in for orders. Plus she has a, like a little area where different like food purveyors can come in like lunch trucks and pick up like cinnamon rolls and bar cookies and cookies and all sorts of things like that. So, and then from there, from Milford, I went to work at the Spokane club, worked, uh, first started working the night shift, uh, doing appetizers. And then after that, I switched to the day shift and I did like uh, prep work and a little bit of pantry. And after that, I went up to uh, an Italian restaurant up on the South Hill that's no longer in existence that was at uh, Lincoln Heights Shopping Center called Cafe Roma, which was owned by a family from Iran. Nice. Which is kind of interesting. (laughs) Yeah, when you think of an Italian restaurant, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. So, um. So fast forward a little bit, and we get now up to 1998, and I was working at Spokane Network at that time. In November that year, um, I was downtown Spokane on Howard Street, right next to a local restaurant that is now uh, on the South Hill, um, Rock City Grill. And yeah. it had rained earlier in that day, and I was wearing leather Italian so loafers. And I slip and fell and tried to catch myself, and I fractured and dislocated my left wrist. Oh, no. So this whole gap. Yeah. <laughs> so that was three months' worth of mobilized wrist and arm 
and physical therapy just to get back in shape. But during this whole entire time, from the time I became a massage, between the time I being the cook to the time I became a nurse's aide, I still had this thought in my mind about being a massage therapist. And then I started work for Spokane AIDS Network, still thinking about the massage therapy thing. And you know how you say to your inner voice, be quiet, be quiet. You're not supposed to do that, be quiet. Well, anyway, so then I end up fracturing and dislocating my wrist, and it's like, well, I can't do that now. (laughs) So what am I going to do? So I ended up going to work for insurance companies, and I absolutely hated it. I So in 19, what year was that? Uh, 2009, I took my goddaughter to a women's retreat called Heart to Heart. Yeah. Yeah. So Elizabeth DeFreitas was there, and some of our other mutual friends were there. And um, I pulled out this um, oracle card, uh, Magical Dolphins and Mermaids, and it said, contemplate on it told me that I need to go off by myself and contemplate what I want to do with my life because I just hate what I'm doing. And so I came back, and then when we were sharing, doing our group share, I said, I think I'm supposed to be a massage therapist once and for all. And then after I left the retreat, I kept on getting these signs saying, become a massage therapist. This is the time to change do it now or you'll never do it. And you need to do this. This is part of your life path. If it serves your greatest good and your highest purpose in life is serving others because this is what you want to do with your life. So I looked into going to a massage therapy school that's no longer with us, unfortunately, but that was Northwest Noetic School of Massage and Education Center um, led and owned by uh, Nancy Lee. And she's just oh, yeah. an amazing, amazing person. And I, uh, I went through the interview process, signed up, and went to went to school there, which was 13 months of three nights a week plus two to three weekends a month. Right. And so I, that's when I became a massage therapist. I worked for her for a few years after I got licensed working in the student clinic helping to fill the massage therapy appointments that were booked by the public. Right. You could get a massage at like a, a discounted rate because they're students. And they're learning, and, right, yeah. Right. And then shortly after I got licensed, then I started working at um, Elements Therapeutic Massage at Wandermere in North Spokane. And I've been there now over 11 and a half years. Wow. Which it seems, is yeah, crazy, time flies. crazy yeah. to think about that. Yeah. Very crazy. And I discovered within the period of time from becoming licensed till, oh, just before I had to stop working for a while that I have a superpower, and each one of us therapists have a superpower, but mine, why people come to me to see me, um, is because I can get rid of people's headaches. I know a lot of tips and tricks I've learned throughout the years, 
what to target in the body, whether it be through massage techniques, trigger point therapy, reflexology, as well as aromatherapy mm. and breathing. Breathing is important, too. And, of course, for you, you st- starting with your aunt, I think you said, that had the headaches. Even before you knew my cousin, massage yeah, therapy, cousin, cousin mm-hmm. that you were helping her. Yeah. So you were probably, long before you were, say, trained, you were figuring it out by doing it and seeing what worked and what helped. And That's correct. You know, the funny thing is, is that after I graduated from massage therapy school, my mom happened to say, oh, did you happen to know that on my mom's side of the family back in the 1800s, we had some great, great uncles that were healers and body workers. And it's like, wow. no wonder why I felt like I was born to do this the first night that us classmates paired up to start working on each other to, um, to, to see how we're doing with the techniques that we're trained. And I felt like I was born to do it that very first night. Wow. And then I come to find out that, in fact, it goes back into my family for at least the 1800s, and it could go back further there. Now, that would be something interesting to discover within, like, hypnotherapy as far as, like, maybe do I have a past life or maybe I was a healer or something that might come within the realm of being a healer or helping others. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And so the massage therapy, and so then you've been doing that massage therapy, you said, did you say 13 years, 11 years? 13. 13 years. And and until just recently, when you had a little bit of an accident doing some fishing, right? (laughs) Fly fishing. Fly fishing, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and and did you when you injured was that the same wrist you'd hurt years before or a different one? Different one. So the, oh. before back in 1998, that was my left wrist. I broke the uh, my radius of my ulna bone. The radius is the the long bone in your forearm directly below your thumb, and the ulna is the long bone directly below your pinky at your wrist. Oh. So I fractured the ends of those. And I dislocated the whole wrist joint, and then I shoved the radial bone up my arm. Oh, my gosh. And I, yeah, right? So I went through a series of short arm and long arm casts and had to have emergency surgery the day before Thanksgiving of that year. And then I had an external fixer, which is basically, if anyone doesn't know what that is, it's like a metal bar that is, pinned into place into your bones that kind of immobilize your joint that it is crossing. So that was on the left wrist. This time when uh, I fractured my right wrist, we had just got done fishing for the day, uh, and I was packing up my fly fishing gear, my rod in one hand, and my water bottle another and my uh, fishing pack that had all my uh, flies in it and all my gear. And I was 
stepping on a dry, I, I want to emphasize it was dry, not wet, uh, boulder underneath my left foot, trying to step up over the rock ledge, which wasn't not much further up. I mean, it was pretty short step, mind you, but my foot kind of, my right foot caught underneath the rock ledge, and the left foot started sliding because the rock, the boulder that was underneath my left foot was sliding backwards, and I slid with it. And somehow or another, in the whole scheme of things, I slid down and hit my right wrist just ever so slightly. So in my mind's eye, that would be another whole hypnotherapy session <laughs> to do the replay. I can't right. figure it out currently. Um, but I hit it just to the right place on my wrist where I dislocated my wrist and fractured uh, the, my radial bone, again, which is the long bone at your forearm directly below your thumb. And I ended up having bone fragments in my hand, um, all the carpals, which are the small little bones uh, right above the long bones in your forearm and just before your fingers, they were all jumbled in there. So inevitably I ended up having to have like almost a week later having to have surgery. And now I have a, this time I have a metal plate in my wrist that crosses from my radial bone up to the carpals in my hand. Sorry about the medical terminology, folks. No, it's okay. Um, People out there, there's some out there that know, yeah. Right, they do. This is true. <laughs> that have like uh, metal fingers that spread out to hold the bo- the small little bones into place. And I'm oh my goodness. so I'm uh, what I'm doing right now is I'm currently on a three month healing recovery vacation from work. So I don't go back to work until theoretically the beginning of December. Wow. And then in the meantime. Yeah. Uh, when did and how did you feel called to to do the work to become a Reiki master? Okay, so let's go back to uh, November of last year or before November of last year. So a friend of mine, Dort Pritchard, um, I went through massage therapy school with her husband. In fact, he's the one that I said that first night when we traded that I felt like I was born to do massage um anyway she she's a fantastic person which i think would be another great guest for you to have in the future she is a massage therapist um she's a reiki master she's a shaman and she does constellation dna work a lot of stuff she's just an amazing amazing woman and she's a potter on top of all that yeah, so I saw a post of hers on the Facebook saying that she was going to have training classes for anybody who wanted to learn Reiki. And for as long as I can remember, going all the way back to, golly, when was that? I would say the early 2000s, maybe. Um, I was interested in doing Reiki. In fact, I looked into possibly doing Reiki clear back way when, but just didn't do it. 
And um, so I said, okay, um, I'm interested, so let me know the information. And I signed up to do her training. And so November of last year, I took her level one class. And then eventually um, till June of this year, I took her last, which is level three, which attunes us to be a Reiki master and attuning us to be teachers for somewhere down the line, whenever we feel comfortable and made to do so. So I just thought also it's another great way to serve people and help people with their healing journey in life. And my philosophy of life. I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, for those who don't know, what is Reiki? Basically, Reiki goes back to at least the 1800s. At least it was, let's just say it was rediscovered back in the 1800s by Mayako Yushui. He was a Japanese uh, doctor. And he's the one who rediscovered Reiki. But Reiki has been around forever and a day. Um, And basically everything, just break it down in a nutshell, Reiki is like our life energy. Everything in this world from the ground that we stand on to the air that we breathe to the sun that shines down upon our head or the moon, um, our animals, our pets, our vehicles, any inanimate object that you can think of all has a vibrational energy to it as our signature, as it would say. And if things are not working out the way they should, you can give... um, your energy towards that intention, like say, say my dog Sophia, my my dog Sophia, she she's pug dachshund and she is a little over 14 years old and she has tummy issues. So every mm-hmm. once in a while she'd get a really squawky stomach that won't allow her to eat her food, and so I'll do Reiki with her, more specifically pinpointed to her stomach issues. And she's really in tune to it and really loves it. And by doing Reiki with her and doing a little bit of session with her and pulling in that Reiki energy with uh, intention, I help to clear the imbalances and the disharmony within her um, so things will clear up for her so she'll be able to eat. And basically, I'm just a hollow bone. I am just a... I had to stay open for the channel to flow through me to become the catalyst that ignites the healing within her. Because essentially, all healing comes from within each and every single one of us. And as a Reiki healer or worker, it is our job to be the hollow bone to act, uh, not to act, but to become the conduit of that energy to flow through, to bring back harmony. And the Reiki energy is based somewhat on sacred geometry or symbols as well, right? Different vibrations or energies are associated with different symbols. Am I saying that right? More or less, yes. But basically, um, we we flow within the seven main chakras within the body. Okay. There's over 141 chakras, but we only really primarily deal with the main seven. 
And, and then you're looking to bring energy in. Yeah, do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. You betcha. I got a bunch of notes here because I try not to commit everything to memory, even though I know a lot of this stuff here, so I apologize. Um, so we have the first chakra is going to be your root chakra. The color of that is red, and it's at the base of our spine, uh, the base of our spine, like at, near our tailbone. And okay. that helps us to relate to feelings of stability, groundedness, safety, home, financial security. And there's different crystals that go along with that if anybody wants to know what that is. And the next chakra, the second chakra, is going to be the sacral chakra. And it is just below the belly button at the lower abdomen, which includes the pelvis, the womb, and the, and the genitalia. And, mm-hmm. just go, and I'm sorry, just go back just a moment. The uh, root chakra helps to govern our hips and our legs and our feet. Makes sense, yeah. So the... Yeah, it's, so it's pretty amazing how, uh, how it's broken up in sections, and it follows the meridians within our body that are used in acupuncture. Oh, okay. The, the third chakra is going to be the solar, the solar plexus chakra, which is just above the belly, bu- just above the belly button uh, and just below the breastbone a little bit. And that helps us to realize our feelings of power, self-esteem, and sense of purpose in life. So all the organs within that area, you can think about like our small intestine and our liver and our stomach. Yeah. And the, the next chakra, which is the fourth chakra, is going to be uh, the heart chakra. And that one is in the center of our chest and allows us to have the sense and feeling of love, compassion, and forgiveness for ourselves and others. And it also rules the shoulders and the arms and the hands. And then the next chakra... It's going to be the fourth chakra, excuse me, the throat. I have a hard time speaking, so I apologize. Um, throat chakra, which is located um, at the throat, uh, near, the, near the neck, near the thyroid gland. And it helps to authenticate our expression and our inner truth and listening to others. Sometimes speaking your truth, yeah. Yep, speaking your truth. That was the sixth chakra. It was going to be the third eye. The third eye, again, our sixth chakra is just directly between our um, eyebrows near our pineal gland. And it is an area for strong intuition, trust, inner wisdom, and the release of our ego. So anytime we get this, like, voice in our head, like, do this, that, or the other thing, or we have this 
knowingness of we're supposed to do something, that's where it comes from. That's our insight that comes from there. Our gut feeling comes from our solar plexus chakra, so it's a little bit different. But they kind of communicate with each other a little bit. Yeah. And then our seventh chakra, which is our crown chakra, which is right at the top of our head, that one is our spiritual connection to the divine. It's bliss and enlightenment. And they all have different colors. Yeah. So the... They're the, all the colors of the rainbow, starting at the root chakra would be red, all the way up to the crown chakra, which would be either purple or white. And when you're working and you're doing then a Reiki session on someone, what you're trying to do is bring balance and healing into those different chakras, right? That's correct, because when we do a, a Boyson scan, as it's called, uh, using a pendulum or even with our hands, we can pick up on whether or not a particular chakra is open or closed or just like stagnant. Like it, um, the vibration or flow of energy, as it were, as I like to describe it, uh, tends to move in a certain way. What I learned back when I was in massage therapy school, uh, learning about, um, uh, give me a second here. I'm having dysnomia in the building to name things. So we're oh, that's about. all right. We all have that one. sacral work. Cranial sacral work, okay? Cranial sacral work is another one of the, the um, energy healing work that you can do. So there's certain flow to everything within our body. And so um, if I'm feeling like there's a flow of energy has like stopped or slowed down or too rapid, I know that the body is in disharmony and I need to bring it back to a nice, steady flow. And having had Reiki myself... not familiar. Yeah, having done Reiki myself and then as well had clients that would come in and do guided meditation or hypnotherapy with me facilitating. And then it was Dale Bloom, often not the only one, but that did the massage therapy at the time, and then I had a couple different friends, including Patricia Ferrier, who I spoke about on the show before, wrote the songs of Arcturian's book. She was a Reiki master. And so they would have Reiki and massage and hypnotherapy or guided meditation all at the same time, and they each have a different feel and a different way of working with, you know, the, so the Reiki's working with the energy of the body, which then connects physically and mentally in very strong ways. And and when I had friends that I worked with or peers I worked with that did the Reiki, there were times I'd come in and they would just, with that, that uh, what you said, I forget how, what you called it, but where they do kind of a scan on you and they would say, hey, Carl, this feels really off. Do you want to come in for a minute and work on that? And it was always something that they wouldn't know uh, as far as mentally within my life what was going on. But sure enough, you know, I'd say, they'd start to talk about what that chakra was about or what that energy is about. And I'd be like, oh, you're right. <laughs> I have been having some struggle there or some, you know, um, and, it, and it, it, if you haven't ever experienced it, allow yourself to experience it. It's amazing. And we all have that energy. Like you said, every living thing has that energy in the body, the energy around us, the energy in our world. 
the spiritual energy, but also the physical energy that we put off. And if those energies are out of balance, that leads to physical problems like headaches or or discomfort or even disease in different parts of the body by that energy flow being off and then bringing that energy flow in balance. It's, it's like when you get a nice physical massage that touches you physically, then the Reiki, I, I called it a Reiki massage, <laughs> but, but that Reiki energy coming through your body, you can feel it. You can, you know, it, I've never, I've experienced it and I've had clients and friends and peers who've experienced it. You, it's, it's, it's hard to describe, but it's something that you can, that you definitely feel and sense when that Reiki is happening. And you as a, a practitioner of Reiki, you're saying like when you do that scan over somebody, you can feel that, oh, this chakra is stuck or this chakra is way, there's way too much energy here. And that, I guess, could be because if you had a stuck chakra around that chakra, right, the energy's got to go somewhere, mm-hmm. but it's not in balance. And so when you're bringing in the Reiki energy, about how long does it take to do a Reiki session? Um, it takes anywhere from an hour to 90 minutes. But you can also do, like, more, like, specific uh, focus Reiki sessions. Like, I when I do work with my dog, Sophia, and she has her tummy problems. So it can work directly, like, within... Her, uh, the problem focus and and uh, send the energy right there, which it seems to help her too. But always try to do some sort of connection between her her head and her heart as well, because I want to um, be the hollow bones that allows that energy to flow from the divine. And the divine can be basically anything. It could be depending on what you like to call the divine. It could be the universe. It could be uh, the great spirit. It could be um, grandfather. It could be God. It could be anything that is your like your higher power. Um, pull that power within, and then treat the heart because the heart has the emotion in it. That's the emotional factor. Um, because. I, I don't know about you, but any time that I've ever had stomach problems, it makes me pretty upset because I'm not I'm not able to eat or I'm not as hungry as I should be or like to be, and I know I need to eat. Um, and then I try to treat the physical part, which is her stomach that is causing her some problems for. So I try try to pull all those elements in together for her. And and so and and one thing is that and I I learned this from Patricia I learned this many years ago when I was uh, had some friend of mine that were Reiki masters or or going through that training is that like obviously massage therapy you have to be physically in the same room to get a massage right um, but yeah, yeah, Reiki there's, there's like no distance massage in that right. respect you could you could tell somebody you know like partner or something, hey, here's what you could do to help, but it's not the same. But with Reiki, though, Reiki is something that can be done and have amazing results, just the same results if you're in the same room. Reiki can be done, you can do Reiki with anyone anywhere around the world, right? That's correct. 
you can do Zoom meetings, you can do meeting through um, social media, you know, through Messenger, whether it be Facebook or Instagram. You can do it over the phone. Um, you don't have to be in the same room. And there's with Reiki, Reiki we're taught different kodadamas. Kodadamas are, are going to be like our symbols, which have um, specific words to them that mean different things. And we're all attuned to each one of them as we go through our Reiki trainings. So through the training, you're so we, learning each vibration, each attunement in a sense. Correct. So we learn, uh, so the ones that we are attuned to, the first one that we come up with is going to be Chokurei. Now, Chokurei is the opening and the entry and the power place of all, where we place all the power at. That's what we begin our sessions with. The other one is going to be Seheki. Seheki is harmony whether it be a mental or emotional compassion and rebirth. And it's, a, uh, it's the mind of the harmonious compassion. And then the next one is Cho um, Cheze Shonen. And that one, that one, that Kodadama or that symbol be the one that we use for uh, specifically for distance Reiki or physical pain. Oh. So those are just uh, some of the things that we use, and it's for the connection to the past, present, and future, like I said. And um, it's really good for the past trauma or future projections. And you can do, like... Uh, Shonen sandwich, as we call it, where you do your distance symbol for that, and then you can do seheki, which is the emotional side of it, and then close it up again with the shonshezei shonen. So this can heal physical wounds as well as emotional wounds, past traumas helping be part of what part of the tools that can be used to help bring that balance, bring that energy, bring that healing. And as we know, and we've, you and I have talked about it a bunch and talked about it on the, sh- on the show as well, is that healing that cellular memory as well. Because yeah. we all have those, these things that happen to us. And when we experience things, we think of, oh, our head or mind thinks of it, or our consciousness, yes. And maybe a particular part of our body, if it was injured or, abused in some way, but what we don't always realize is that there is a cellular level to them, to that memory, to that experience that is Reiki is one of the few things that can really reach down to that level and fully bring that healing, I think. Right, it can. And then for you, in, in the midst of, of learning all this about Reiki, when did the sound part come? Well, that that's kind of an interesting long story, too. So if we go all the way back to 1996, 97, at Away in the Woods, 
I met one fantastic fairy on this planet, which was Elizabeth DeFreitas, a.k.a. Eloa. Yeah. And uh, she would do uh, her rendition, and maybe rendition is not the right word, but her form of sound therapy with us before sound therapy was a, a thing. She had her crystal singing bowls. She had her Native American flute. She had her Native American drums. Um, and she had some wind chimes. And we would all gather, yeah. remember, at and the your Lord harp. Lodge. Yeah, and her, and her harp. Don't forget about her harp. Ophelia. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and we'd all gather in Ford Lodge. And sit around there close, and that sometimes a fire would be going in the fireplace when we were allowed to have one. And we'd all sit in there laying on the ground or leaned up against a piece of furniture, like a couch or a chair. And she mm-hmm. would all bring us in with a smudging, clearing the air and clearing any bad energy that we might have brought in with us to bring in fresh and new energy and protect us and surround us with love and healing vibrations. And we would just like go in our own little uh, journey into the vibration of the music that she would play. And that was my first experience. Fast forward to the early 2000s um, and 2000 and Let's see, what year was that? 2008. Yeah, it was 2008. And I took my mom to the Heart Heart to Heart um, retreat. Yes, yes. And And there have been many times too, yep. Yep, and uh, she was there again, and we were all the same again in Ford Lodge and listening to that wonderful healing music that she would have for us. And at that time, she incorporated her Peruvian whistling vessels and um, a few other things. So that was awesome. And she had a whole other harp that was custom-made for her, a double-strung harp, which was amazing. It was made by a gentleman that lives in in Ireland. Um, I've never seen a double-strung harp before. It was pretty cool. So I've always been a part of that. And even in 2009, when I took my goddaughter, the year after her mom, who was the only parent that ever raised her, had passed away. And she was living with a cousin at that. My goddaughter was living at a cousin at that time. Um, I took her to that retreat. And uh, Elizabeth allowed me to play her crystal bowls. And I'd be up in spirit lodge and I could hear them calling to me and there was no one in Ford Lodge playing them. I would hear the vibration and the tone of the crystal bowl. So I'd go down there and I would play them. Try to play them as quiet as I can, but they can get quite loud, can't they, Charles? They can, but there's like you said, the vibration you described it purpose uh, um perfectly. Uh it's a just being in those sounds and those vibrations. And like you said, long before it was defined in the way it is now, 
Elizabeth, uh, and I always say the artist, also known as Ella, because back then when she was first producing albums and doing work, it was under the name of Ella, and and the it was just such an experience. And I was blessed to have her come in, and there were times we did some meditations together where I would do a guided meditation while she played. There's times that we would just those uh, Peruvian flutes she that they mentioned, and I think we might have been at the same time at heart at heart song. Where, where we had, uh, she was there and had brought those and we would play them. And each person, she would just lay them out there and say, play the one that calls to you. And some you would just play for a minute and no, nope, that's, that one's not vibrating right for me. And then you'd hit the one and then time would go by. I mean, you would just literally go into this deep meditation, spiritual experience and you'd come out of it and not even realize how much time had passed or, or what was happening for anyone else. Everyone was on their own journey. So I, I think about the same time you're describing, I was also realizing how much the vibration and the energy of that sound was, was having good effects and, and amazing meditations and, and connection with that universal energy. And that's what brought me to, to invite her many times to, Hey, come on this retreat with me. Hey, I'm doing this special gathering can you come because your music your vibration creates something on its own and then i can just guide people into that space and then that that vibration takes them the rest of the way so that so you learned and started to experience and, and like you said felt the call of those crystal balls to come play and then when did that start to when did it start to be for you that you were like, I know what I want to, that I want to incorporate this somehow. I want to make this part of my, what I offer. Well, ever since I heard the crystal bowls, I've always wanted to get my own set of crystal bowls. It just took some years of doing uh, to get myself to that point. So basically as, as I've come to know it is everything has a time in this life. There's times that you have the idea, times when it's not the right time, and then the times that now now is the time. And so I'm in this I'm in the phase of my life cycle where now is the time to be doing these other things because if I can regress this a little bit, last oh, fall yeah. I had I had this feeling with inside this knowingness which comes from somewhere, which I have yet to discover what source it actually comes from, because I know it comes from the divine, from the universe, but where past that does it come? Does it come from, like, maybe a past life I might have had, or maybe a seed that was planted when I was a small child? Wherever it comes from, I have this knowingness that I need to be, which a lot of people have heard this term before, a woo-woo woman. Now, basically, a woo-woo woman is uh, someone who uses the old techniques that go all the way back to prehistoric times throughout all the ages and use it in a modern way. So I like to say that I'm a a woo-woo woman in training because there's no end to when I'm going to stop learning. I'm constantly learning. I'm constantly practicing because I want to get better and better and better. Um, It's not something I'm going to stop doing, so I'm going to continue to add different elements. But 
last November I had the knowingness that there was going to be sometime soon that I was going to experience a change in direction of wind, that my life path journey was going to take a different path. It was going to fork off into a different direction. But I didn't know how or what that looked like or how that would come about. And so I needed to stay open to that change and being willing to change with it and not being upset by it because I knew that this change of direction of wind was going to only serve my greatest good and my highest purpose in life to continue to help others through their healing and journey in life, which will help me with my own personal journey. Because I receive by giving. Yes. And in, in doing so, um, before I received my, between my second and third level of Reiki, I went through a accredited training to be a crystal and chakra healer, which I basically say it's like continuing education of being a Reiki master. So this gives right. me a little bit more information about crystals that correspond with the different chakras within the body. And then the when I started last month, in my uh, sound healing certification course, I learned about tuning forks, which tuning forks, by the way, I wanted to learn of how to use those at least 10 to 20 years ago, at least maybe 15, and right. I just never did it. And I'm wondering if I think uh, the one of the people who teaches um, tuning forks was at one of the holistic um, holistic healing shows that we have here in town. Yeah, some of the big conferences. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? And yeah. So I met her, and so now I learned about tuning forks, and tuning forks help us with. Also, with doing Reiki treatment, so I have some tuning forks here, and the one that I grabbed, I have seven of them, which for the chakras, um, start at the root chakra all the way up to the crown chakra, and each tuning fork coordinates with the color of the chakra. And the heart chakra, the interesting thing about that one, the color for it is green, which also, it can be pink, depending on which, which is like either green adventurine or even rose quartz. And when I'm doing a Reiki treatment with someone, I can do more attunement um, to get things into harmony from disharmony by using the tuning forks. And this is what it sounds like. You might hear a little bit of a humming. Do you hear a humming? Yes. So that is the tuning fork for the heart. Mm-hmm. 
And we can use those in order to help bring back harmony to what is out of harmony. So what you found in in your journey is that all these things kind of came together, the massage therapy, the Reiki, the sound healing, and and now you're, I believe you've completed for being a sound healer as well. So you have all of these tools. More or less, I just discovered here a week ago, about a week, week and a half ago, since we were, uh, that the uh, school that I'm going through that is Life Changing Energies, who is owned and operated by the fabulous Vicki Gould. Um, and you can too can um, go through her classes too. All you have to do is. Um, uh, Google life changing energy or Vicky Gould, and you'll find her classes. And her classes are really reasonable to go through. But she's become accredited through the Complementary Medical Association, and that's mm. a recent thing for her. So now all her classes are accredited. And she is disclosed that now she has a third expert level of sound therapy healer class and that one starts in mid-November so I'll be participating with that. And how do you spell that last bit for people listening for Vicki Gould? G-O-U-L-D. Okay, so I said G-O-U-L-D. And and what was the name of the school again? Life Changing Energy. Life Changing Energy. B-I-K-I-E. B-I-C-K-I-E, sorry. Oh, yeah, good one. Cause, yeah, because there are different ways. <laughs> and yes, there is. so for you now, you have all of these. You know, the, as far as massage therapy, things are healing. Now, can you, but you can still, at this point, can you still do Reiki and sound healing? Well, that's you know. Yes. Yep, I, I can. Uh, sound therapy... It's a little bit more difficult because I have this brace that's on uh, my right arm, hand, wrist area, and I don't have uh, very much flexibility with that, and I'm not supposed to lift you anything have to be very careful, than right. a coffee cup. Yeah, I have to be very careful. I go in next week for my six-week post-op visit to see how the healing is going and what the next step is going to be. So theoretically, and everything going the way it should be, I should be returning back to doing massage therapy and how that looks come the 1st of December. But um, Reiki doesn't really take a whole lot of flexibility with your hands, (laughs) which is good, and there's really no lifting. The heaviest thing I have to lift is like, Maybe a, a tuning fork. So, you know, that's that's not all that heavy. It's lighter than a coffee cup. Yeah, um, so. And then and I would have, with the sound healing, I have to be careful too, so. And I imagine doing the Reiki also, because you're being a conduit of that energy coming through, that probably has its own healing properties for you as well. Yes, it does. There is a practice that we have to do uh, when we are not our 100% optimal self. 
whatever that looks like for each and every one of us because, you know, nothing's perfect in this life. Um, but as close as to who you are personally and whatever your idea of perfect is or what your normal is, which, again, is subjective, um, we try to get back to that normality, normality, um, to what we were before our injured self or our sick self. And um, just being grateful for what we have and what we're, what we're able to do and um, and not being so burdened by what we can't have or what we don't have, but just being grateful, like I still can breathe, I still can walk, I can still wash my hair, just being grateful all the things that you can't, that you can do, and not worrying so much about what you can't. About what the challenges are, well, something's healing or... Exactly. And for, and 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 again, for people that... If they want to contact you and are interested in doing a private session uh, or getting more information about, you know, what would a private session look like or, or cost, things like that, they can, they can just email you at the email we have right in the description of tonight's show. The, yeah. and, and also, if they just have some questions, Tracy's nice. Don't be shy. If you have a question or there's something you want to understand a little more about, She'll definitely share that with you, and and you can do those sessions, like you said, by phone as well as uh, in person if they're in this area, if they're in the yeah. Northwest. But by by phone or by FaceTime, and and I know that Reiki, like I said, way back in the '90s, you know, even they always could do Reiki from distance and I knew that some Reiki people were also gathering together to do things to like heal the planet or heal the community or heal, you know, so there's a lot of things, a lot of ways that that energy can be used. Um, and anything else that you want to add about your mission or about where you are now and what, and before you do that real quickly, I'd like to say you tonight spoke of something in such a eloquent way of, that can be journeys for many people. If you're doing something, if you have an intuition, if you have a guidance, trying to, and like you said, sometimes it's at different times, right? So for you, it started off knowing that you wanted to help people. So you started off as a nursing assistant. That brought you into the AIDS community. That brought you into the community where things like Reiki and sound healing were happening. And, you know, so sometimes you have to follow that, that guidance from the universe but if you're if you get to the point where you're hating something in your life and you just you don't want to you know this is not fulfilling you it's not your mission and it doesn't mean that that particular job is bad or that somebody else might be perfect for it but having the having the confidence and the strength and the connection to say you know what i'm going to take this next step I'm going to take I'm going to take these guidance as they come to me and as as you unfolded your story it was very very interesting and I think it relates to a lot of people out there that if you are feeling if you have these intuitions if you've had these callings now my friends the world needs us more than ever it needs people to bring in love and light to bring in uh healing 
to heal hearts and to heal minds and to heal bodies so that then each of those people can then reach out now in confidence and strength and balance and reach out and become become their intuition and their talent and their mission and their guidance. And one of the things I think that you and I share together is that we want to bring that to people. We want to bring, we want to then watch and we've both been able to see it in our lives where people that we've known have changed and, and have grown. And you're one of those people that I've seen always be a helper, always be involved in, in, in helping in the communities, in the community in, a gen, in many ways. And then watching as your mission unfolded. And now here you are at this time where all of these things from all these years are now coming together. And isn't that amazing? It is truly amazing. And just being open to it and saying yes. You just say yes to all of the intuition and the gut feelings that you have. Say yes and don't be afraid to follow it because it's so important in our lives as, as to make a, to, for us to continue to be happy or get to a happy spot in our life is to say yes to all that intuition, all that knowingness, all the divine download that we're receiving that is coming to us from our crown chakra all the way down to our solar chakra that our gut feeling saying, yes, you need to do this. So do it. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. Do it now. Because yeah, you never you, know how, what that life could have been had you not have done it. Yes, you don't want to look back, and I've seen that, heard that from many people that I've worked with as well that were more to the end of life, and they'd always celebrate certain things, and they'd always say, and I wish I would have done this, or I wish I could have done that. And their advice over and over to me and people that were literally many on the on their death on their moment of crossing over, you know, within within the few days, and they'd always share, follow your intuition, live your joy. I remember one person over and over again saying, live your joy. Live your joy. When you get to be in my place, when you're sitting and lying where I am at the past last few minutes and you are reflecting on this life, you will reflect on those moments of joy. You will reflect on those moments when you were authentically all of who you were. Yeah. And yeah. as well, as, as well, my friends, you can email us if, you, if uh, Tracy's email is right there. You can also email me and I'll that relax like go be a Gmail. I will get it to you. We always like hearing your questions and comments. And to close out tonight's show, we you are going to do a little bit of of some sounds. Correct. And we're hoping it's going to work well with the audience. We've tried this out. We've done some things, and and uh, so maybe guided or intuition. Uh, I'll hand it over to you to do some sounds and play some. And, Play some toning or music, and and if you can share what you're doing, what you you do, you Tracy. <laughs> I'll do me. <laughs> Alrighty. All right, I gotta get some things here situated a little bit because they're not quite lined up. So, for those of you who are listening in, no matter where you're at, whether it be now or in the future. I am a very fun-sized person. Fun-sized meaning I'm five foot with very short arms. 
still only can reach so far. And um, so I have to bring everything within reach. Otherwise, I'm going to be scooching out of my reach in order to reach some of my crystal bowls. What an interesting thing about my um, crystal bowls um, I'll share with you is you can see with the slides that are going through, if you're looking at your computing devices, as it were, whether it be on your cell phone or laptop or whatever, or iPad, uh, each crystal Yeah, we have pictures, is, and they can see right? those yeah. pictures. They can see those pictures even if they're watching later because on many of the things like Apple Podcasts and some of those, it will show the pictures. So that that picture where you have all those bowls in front of you, those, that's what you're speaking of, right? That's exactly it. So the big red one, that is the crown chakra, and that is the note of C. which is the purple one, which is the note of B. Second here. geometry on the white one which is a flower of life yeah that is a high c which is an octave higher than the crap uh than the uh crystal ball which is the crown chakra or excuse me the sacral chakra excuse me root chakra get it right tracy <laughs> the, <laughs> the root chakra is the low c and then the flower of life is high C. And this, this bowl, the high C, that is 528 hertz. And that goes along with the Safajo tones, which changes DNA within the body. And that sounds like this. Enough about my bowls. Let's get into our meditation. All right, everybody. I want you to softly close your eyes and go into a four-part breath, which is the count of four, a deep inhale, and hold it for four counts at the top, and then Count of four, exhale. And at the bottom, hold that to the count of four. 
And then just continue. Inhale to the count of four. Hold for the count of four. Exhale for the count of four. Hold for the count of four. Okay, as we are making conscious of our breath, and our breath is so important, that's the air that we breathe, breathe in through our young, our lungs, and it circulates out throughout our body through our circulatory system. Draw a white, bright light from the divine, from your crown chakra, all the way to your root chakra. Place yourself in the sacred space of love, healing, knowingness, security, safety, balance, belonging, Just continue with your breathing.
making contact with your breath. It's a four count inhale. Four part extension. Four part exhale. And four count hold at the bottom. Bring your awareness back up from Mother Earth. Mother Earth is noticed here with the sound of American Native American drum. That the spirit of Mother Earth in Native American culture. Bring golden light with you from Mother Earth up from your feet, your lower legs, sure how everything would 
come through, but I think it came through really nicely. And then for people that have been listening, and we've we've had some people in the chat room as well as on the phone lines. No one has asked questions, but they've they have been just listening and and participating. So if you've listened and you've allowed this, play it. The nice thing about this is once we're done here tonight, it'll the recording will be there. You can back it up and and listen some more on your own and just listen to those tones. And once those tones and those vibrations, and once that's happened, what I find, and I think you spoke spoke of it earlier tonight too, is that once you've opened and you've created this space, it can continue. You can continue to get some insights and some intuitions and some guidance that will come throughout the night that you'll realize some things have been downloaded into your DNA, have been downloaded into your consciousness that may take a little bit before you're fully aware of it. And you'll go, wait, where did that come from? Oh, I bet that came when I was doing that sound vibration. Um, so consciously, everything that you've experienced, everything that the intuition, the guidance can sometimes take, sometimes hours later, you're still in that flow. You're still getting that beautiful flow of, of energy and inspiration. Do you find that too, Tracy? Yes, definitely so. Definitely so. And I think part of uh, being a part of any sort of healing modality is just being open and accepting of it and not poo-poo it. Because if we discount it that it's going to not work for us, then it's not going to work. Just having even the slightest notion that, yeah, this might do something and I want to experience it. Just having that spark brings in so much more than what you previously thought. And I can tell you that working with people doing massage therapy and now Reiki and doing the Reiki, I've done numerous sessions with people where they've never experienced Reiki before and they weren't quite sure how it worked or if it was going to do anything for them, or if they were going to experience anything. Um, and if you've never had a Reiki session before, I would say try it. Try it. So what I like to tell people is when you're accepting Reiki as a healing modality to open up yourself to healing and everything that comes with it is just have an open mind about it because you may see colors, you may experience different uh, flow of energy and the speed and how it moves. You may experience this temperature change within yourself or from the practitioner. And for some people, like my mom and our good friend, Dale Brees, with the sound therapy mixed in with the Reiki, they see more of a visual journey than a color journey. So it's really interesting to see what that looks like. Because I did my mom's first Reiki session with her on her birthday on Friday. She's had a Reiki session before. And uh, she uh, she saw this vision. And, I, and again, I did a, like a guided meditation. And I've been doing guided meditation with uh, with people is like my sister went back in the in the seventies and the eighties. So I've been doing this for 
years and years and years and years and have come back to it time and again over the last <clears throat> decades. And so, and now I'm incorporating with all these other things that I'm doing. You know, it just goes well with each other and given giving people like a journey to go on to while you're doing these different healing modalities really helps people get in that relaxed state. And uh, so when they come out of it, uh, then they feel a lot more relaxed, a lot calmer. Some people fall asleep. And the healing still happens if you fall asleep. Your subconscious mind picks up on that. You don't have to be awake for this. And don't feel bad if you happen to fall asleep. But I'm going to tell you, that is like one of the biggest compliments you can give us is by falling asleep because we're doing our job. We're getting you to be relaxed and being comfortable within the space that you're in. So don't feel bad falling asleep. <laughs> you're not going to miss out. You might consciously think that you're missing out, but you're getting the full effect of everything. Yeah, I tell people that with hypnotherapy too. Some of the sessions we do are very designed to kind of have you somewhat aware. and But if you happen to go all the way into sleep, that's okay. The healing still happens. And you pointed out something really good, too. Just be open. Everyone's experience is different. And, you you know, you talked about the colors and the, the, the energy, like the temperature. I've definitely felt that. I've felt where some areas where they're going over with the Reiki, it kind of gets warm. And then as the balance comes in, it kind of comes into a, kind of a balanced temperature. I've, I've seen the colors. And then just the, just with what we were doing earlier, which I thought, well, this is really nice to have someone like you on and, and guesting because when you started, I just closed off my mic and just listened and and went on the journey. And I felt like I got a visual too, like I was kept, you know, kind of on a visual journey in each one of the tones and sounds along with the drums just kind of brought a different, level to that journey or that experience so it's it can be it's very individual but just allow yourself to say you know what like you said with your mother with other people I've never tried it I want to try it I want to see what I sense what I feel all of these all three of these things the Reiki the massage and the sound healing all bring you an experience and that experience is uniquely yours but the more open you are to allowing that experience to be all of it it is, the more that you're going to experience. Exactly. And just to let people know, sound therapy is not just for humans. It's also for our pets, too. They received just as much as a human would. In fact, my, my doggies, I have a seven-month-old pup and and like I mentioned before earlier this evening, that I have a 14-year-old puppy girl, and uh, they love the sound healing. Anytime that I break out my crystal bowls and my Tibetan bowls and my singing pyramid, that's what you heard before. Is the, you might hear a little tinkling because Sophia's getting a little frisky whiskers. But uh, the singing pyramid was this one. It is made of 99.9% crystal quartz, and oh, wow. they it's uh, molten down uh, silica or silicon uh, granules, and uh, it is melt, molted down, and then there's a certain vibration that goes into it, and then they mold it, 
And with the vibration, that's how they tune them. So this is in the shape of an actual pyramid. And they have a Makaba one, which is looks like a star of David. <laughs> Sophia's playing the crystal balls that we hear think. <laughs> but uh, they're they're just they're just neat. Um, but they love all of these instruments, and they they check them out, and they they sniff them, and they smell them. But when I get to playing with them, they're like all about it, and they kind of get all cozied in. So. And then interesting yeah, how they respond to that. I they, find the yeah. same thing when I'm yeah I find the same thing when I'm doing sessions. For a long, well, you know, new cookies and Noel, like they both passed now, but they were both therapy animals. They would come into sessions with people, and people could pet them. Or, and then when I got down to doing the guided meditation, they'd always like get in that position. And now, my cat, little bit, he he's probably not happy with me at the moment because tonight I didn't have him in. Usually, I let him come in the room with me, and he just he'll, he has a, a special. Uh, blanket that he'll just curl up on and then when I get into the meditations he goes into them he, and then when I, when I bring people out then he's up and he's ready to go it's just they, they, they follow that vibration the vibration like you said everything living has that vibration flowing through and those vibrations that we hear around us are going to bring us peace or bring us relaxation or bring us healing or bring us inspiration and it does the same for them. Uh, and we do have some people uh, that have been listening. No one has raised their hand with a question. So we're going to, uh, and we've had a couple guests coming in and out of the uh, chat room, but they've just been there listening, which is okay. We enjoy you listening. And again, if you want more information about Tracy, her email, let me bring it up right here so I have it in front of me and say it correctly because I can't see the description here. tdizzy64 at gmail, but it's right there in the description of the show. So you can just copy and paste, send her an email, find out about private sessions, find out about uh, more information about Reiki, about sound healing. Um, and and like you said, even working with animals too, Reiki's the same way. It can, like, like, I've, I've had... You know, I had, I've mentioned on the show before, I've had clients that I didn't think of it myself that way, but, you know, I'd have bring in that energy of meditation, that light that comes through. And, and the, it started with one client, and then I had a few different clients that would brought their pets and said, can you put some energy to, as part of the meditation today? Can we put some energy in? And, and I do the same thing. I just kind of touch them and feel them and just let that energy flow through to, bring them health, to bring them healing, to bring them um, <clears throat> peace in their body. It's a few times the animals themselves were, were you know, I had a, it started with me with a client who had an animal that she knew was passing. And she said, I know you work with people that are passing. Can you work with my animal? And I said, I don't, I don't see why not. <laughs> you meditate on this a bit, and, but I don't see why we you can't bring that energy in. And, Everything living gets touched by that energy, gets touched by that vibration. Uh, there's been people now that have proven even the vibration of music and chimes with plants. They'll take a room and they'll play certain music in that room with the plants and see how it grows. And then they'll take another area and they'll play a different type of music. Uh, and and they sh there's a difference, <laughs> a visible difference in how the plants right. respond to relaxing 
encouraging is the best way to put it vibrating music as opposed to say hateful or you know every every music has its genre its time but you know it was interesting to see so everything living these vibrations affect so like when you allow yourself this sound healing when you allow yourself this reiki energy to come into your house or to come into your your uh your mind and body and spirit you're sharing it with everything around you so it's only goodness happens <laughs> right including the water that we drink because it I can't remember how to pronounce his name, but it was uh, a Japanese scientist. And you can actually YouTube this, Messages from Water. And uh, Elizabeth showed us that documentary. Do you remember that documentary, Charles? Messages yes, from Water? And, yeah, so and I followed. Go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. Say what you were going to say. Well, just I think the same thing that, you know, they had – then they put them out in public places and they would say, think, you know, like in this one, think of all the things that you love or the people that you've loved or the loves in your life. And then with this one, think fear. With this one, think inspiration. With this one, think about something you hate. And then when they check that water, the molecules of the water had changed, right? Is that what you're talking about? Right, yeah. Basically, what they did is they infused the water with both positive and negative words and positive and less positive vibrations of music and then froze the water crystals and observed them underneath of a microscope. And the water that was frozen that was fused with all the goodness, all the positive words and all the great uplifting and soothing music with this all its wonderful vibration has the most gorgeous crystal formations within that frozen beautiful. water. Beautiful. Yeah. And then when they went and looked at all of the water in this frozen state that was infused with all the negative and hurtful words and the less harmonious music, um, and they looked at those crystal water crystals underneath the microscope. They were dark and they were dirty or they were dingy and they were all clustered and all muddled and had no uniformity and no beauty to them like the others did. And so even manifesting in that way, like I'm manifesting with water right now. So my purpose in life, uh, being the age that you and I are, since our birthdays are not that far apart. We are, we are the same, yeah. <laughs> we are the same. So my purpose in life, um, now we're getting closer and closer to getting to the age where we're going to retire, although I don't like that word. I'm calling it like a change in vi- uh, vibrational life path. So my body might not be able to sustain being a massage therapist in the capacity that I am right now. One moment. Alexa, cancel. <laughs> Sorry, that's my Alexa. <laughs> and uh, so it is my purpose in life that with all these different modalities that I'm bringing into my life, what I'm doing from now until my body can no longer do what it's going to do no matter how old I am, I'm still going to continue to help others because that's my purpose in life is to help people through their healing journey. 
which help, in turn helps me. So by doing so, I'm manifesting with water, which was, was an idea brought to me by my goddaughter's best friend, Caitlin, who when she did a tarot card reading for me, she suggested that I manifest with water. So I have a mason jar, like a quart-sized mason jar, sitting on top of an intention stating um, that I am being open and welcoming different possibilities of opportunity coming into my life that will serve my greatest good and my highest purpose in life for a self-sustaining life as a byproduct of helping other people through their healing journey in life, which will bring wealth, prosperity, and abundance. And I believe all of the things are coming to me, and I'm happy about it. So I'm breathing so much positive energy into that water and then I let it just marinate with all those positive vibrations. Then, like, later in the day or the next morning, I drink the water and then bring in all those positive vibrations into every bit of myself. Yes, that absorbs and then goes out throughout your body. That's, <clears throat> that's a beautiful way of, 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 uh, of combining all of those different gifts. And then for something very tangible, and like you said, we, it was very clear in that study, the beautiful crystals that came out of the people that thought about love, the love and inspiration and kindness. And then when you saw those other crystals that had the negative kind of thoughts or connotations, you didn't even want to drink. You were hope, oh, you're like, oh my gosh, I don't want to drink that water. <laughs> like it looked horrible. It looked. Like something, it looked like it had been poisoned or something, which it had, mm-hmm, but not so. with anything yeah. physical. It proves <laughs> how our energy affects us. It does. It it really does. And sometimes we don't realize it, but it it does very much so. Even right down to the music that we listen to. Have you ever noticed that the type of music we listen to, whether it be rock and roll, reggae, maybe R&B or um, rap music to classical music, how that sets the tone and the vibration of your day. Yeah. Some things are off-putting or they're very energetic or other things are nice and relaxed and easy and calm and easygoing. And even the plants, plants are open to that vibrational change and your your pets within your home are very susceptible to that energy because they're not only reading off of your personal energy that you're experiencing, but also the energy in which that you are feeding off of. So it affects everything. Yes, and everything can have its moment. You know, sometimes if you're needing to get out some anger, you're needing to get some frustrations or... You know, I always used to joke, and no offense, I know that I love country, and I sing some country songs from time to time, but I always would say that countries, when you have a broken heart, or you've lost somebody, or you've had a relationship change, you know, you listen to some country to get you through the sadness, and then, you you know, when you're going to, 
when you want to do something really energetic and focused and you're cleaning the house and you're getting everything else, then you're going to play that kind of music that gets you bouncing around and doing things, you know. And then when you want to relax and get peaceful and inspired, then you play something for that. And yeah, there's no doubt in that. And then it's being conscious of where am I at? Am I feeding myself in my life and those living things around me with meditation and inspiration and love? Or am I letting that negativity sneak in and they uh, then everything around me will know? And the other, uh, you know, Jim, my partner, is a dog trainer and he's always following things about animals. And just recently we were seeing something where they were saying that uh, animals can smell stress on you. They can. Animals can they can. tell when you're stressed. They can tell when you're hurting. You know, uh, you know. The, back a few months ago, when I was going through the some reactions to a medication that I was given for something I was going through, and I had I don't take medications ever. I could aspirin is rare for me, and I immediately was having some uh, side effects, and both both their dog and our cat were like right at my side. They're like, they knew something was wrong, you know? And so they can sense, they can sense when we're happy and playful and inspired, but they can also sense when we're kind of, you know, and it turns out it's not just, not just like you said it earlier, like, you know, becoming a woo-woo woman. It's not just those of us in the woo-woo side of things. Science is showing. And if an animal can smell your stress, Friends, it's an energy. <laughs> it's, it's an energy. It's I, tangible. I, right. I like to think that animals have these chemical receptors that we just, as humans, can't tune into ordinarily. Um, but they're very um, highly sensitive, open, compassionate creatures that they know. They, they can sense it. So, um, yeah, it, it there we we have a lot to learn from animals uh, about about emotions because they can they can sense ours. Yes, yes, and they try to help us when they see that we might, you know, I've talked about before with Sarah Bell's my dog when she sees that I'm kind of too intense or I'm working on something, I need a little break. She'll come up to me with her ball, be like, "Hey, play some ball." Looks like you need to play some ball. Come play some ball with me. <laughs> like, yes, you're right, Sarah. I'll come play some ball. Well, Tracy, thank you. This has been an amazing evening, and and I hope that all of you listening out there were inspired, inspired on your own journey to know that you can continue to evolve and change and bring your inspirations to life, just as Tracy has in her work, because I'm continuing and always evolving to do in my work and, and the ways that we worked together and found each other all those years ago. And think of all the different people like Elizabeth and Helen and Dale that were all a part of that connection. And then all these years later, the ways they continue to influence our own journeys. Uh, And what were they doing? They were also coming out and being who they were and sharing their intentions and sharing their mission. No, and, and, here we are all these many years later and how many lives have they touched? How many missions have started because of touching their lives or listening to that sound vibration or being open to that inspiration that was coming through and be inspired. My friends, 
Thank you, Tracy, for being on the show, and we'll definitely have you back for more shows. And uh, maybe as you're healing and things come together, can we have you come on and be a host one night, a guest host for me, and have your own guest. Oh, that would be cool. I would love that. You know, I think I think you'd be amazing, and I thank you so much for coming on and sharing not just your story and your mission, but as well your energy and your sounds for everyone out there to hear and have as a message or a meditation tonight. Thank you. You know, one, one of the um, Goju Roos that I was taught years ago when I was taking karate by the wonderful um, Totuchin and uh, Sensei is to be humble and polite. And um, I am just so humble and so honored to be asked back here again. And I greatly appreciate you and everything that you've done for our community and continue to do, bringing love and light into the world and spreading it out immensely all across the world. So thank you, Charles, very much. I appreciate you and love you. Love you, too. Very much appreciate you, too. Have a wonderful night, Tracy. You do the same. And thank you, my friends. I hope you've enjoyed this journey tonight. And please reach out to Tracy. Say hello. Reach out to her for any questions you have. And if, you're, if you've been guided and inspired that, you know what, I think I want to do some Reiki or I want to do some sound healing with Tracy, please reach out. Like she said, the Reiki and the sound healing can be done no matter where you are around the world. And we thank you for joining us, and we thank all those that support us and support the show. If you'd like, we are listener-supported, my friends. We don't have advertisements. I mean, sometimes we bring you great people like Tracy to, to reach out and be with, but we, we purposely do our shows without ads, without sponsors, because what we want to do, and in, in the, Tracy's the same way, Elizabeth's the same way, is we want to bring healing to all of you. We want to bring you the the time and the tools that you can use to relax your mind and body, to let go of your fears and judgments, and to gratefully be all of you. Bring your inspirations and your missions to life. And we thank those that have supported. If you want to be it, support the show in any way, you can send an email to relaxletgob at gmail.com and say, hey, Charles, I want to keep this show going. I want to keep it world, worldwide. I want to keep messages like Tracy's message and Elizabeth's message and the beautiful messages that we had earlier this week going out to everybody who needs it. I want to know that I'm a part of bringing that message and that healing. And that's one way you can be a part is just by sending an email and saying, you know what, I can do something, even something small goes a long way to help paying our expenses and keeping our show and our message, our message that every one of you, my friends, is a beautiful, amazed, inspired inspired peace of God, inspired peace of the one. And by encouraging you, by healing those fears and judgments, and by doing, giving you all the tools we can to bring your inspiration and missions to life, together, my friends, with all of our missions, with all of our awareness, with all of our intention, we can bring this world to a beautiful place of acceptance and love and respect of each other. I love you, my friends, and I look forward to being with you. Uh, our Friday night is TBD at this moment. We're going to work that on because we were going to do our, our Sunday, the special 
show that we did this last Sunday was going to be this Friday, but we did some switching around. So I will be doing some inspiration and some meditation, bringing together what's going to be our Friday message this uh, Friday the 14th. And my friends were already working together to bring you some real special guests in the next couple of weeks and bring you some special Monday shows for love and inspiration. I thank again Tracy Arcadizi for the wonderful music and sharing tonight. My friends, join Tracy and I. What's your mission? What's your intention? What are the ways that you can bring love and light and inspiration to the world? What has been that intuition that's been nagging you for a few years in the back of your mind, always there, kind of coaxing you towards something? My friends, bring manifest, manifest your intuitions. Manifest your missions. Manifest your love for each other. I love you. Let's let let's let some of Elizabeth's music. And uh, I didn't. I, I had an inkling, but I didn't know for sure before tonight that Elizabeth was also helped to inspire Tracy. So we're going to let a little bit of Elizabeth's music tonight, with some drums and some music, take us out. So let's let this music play us out. Enjoy your meditation, enjoy your connection to the vibrations of the universe, my friends. I love you. Good night.